0: everybody i'm chad bokelman
1: i'm mark marble
0: and this is the lantern cast
1: episode 424 that's right we're talking about far sector issue number 10 right yes and and we would delve into our twitter feedback comments from uh that have been rolling in because of the contest announcement so we didn't quite have it didn't quite fit into the our time frame for last week's episode which was good So we can devote a little bit more time to it, hopefully, tonight.
0: For sure. All right. So let's go ahead and jump right in. The story is by N.K. Jemisin. The art and colors and the cover by Jamal Campbell. Lettering, Duran Bennett. Uh, Variant cover by Yasmin Putri. Uh, Associate editor, Maggie Howell. Editors, Andy Corey and Jamie S. Rich. And DC's Young Animal, curated by Gerard Way. So, um... I'm actually going to um, read this first page here because it actually gives us a good synopsis of uh, where we're at thus far in the story. And and it's a black and white image, uh, kind of like a zombie horror film sort of image, um, just uh, to help lead us in. And it says the city enduring shuns emotion. Everyone here except me has been permanently infected with a cyber or a bio cybernetic virus called the emotion exploit, which keeps their emotions suppressed. Two problems with that, though. First, nobody asked 20 billion people if they wanted their emotions ripped out. There's a referendum tomorrow that will decide the whole city's emotional fate. Second, turns out there's an entire underground economy built to exploit all this emotional scarcity drug epidemics a dark net and a conspiracy that's been killing people all over the city the people behind this conspiracy know i'm a threat now and they might just be coming to get me so we open up relatively where we left off we have uh joe in this uh area that is pumping out the memes and all that stuff she comes across somebody who was trying to escape? Uh, escape. They uh, get they get forced to take their switch off, uh, and uh, this pisses off Joe. She goes up and attacks the guards, uh, gets taken down, taken out. I guess her power is limited at this point. Uh, they uh, she gets detained, and this is when um, the CP the CEPD contact that she has Siz comes to talk to her uh apparently she's been aware of a lot of these illegal sweatshops and there's a whole bunch of politics here and you know i i i really don't feel like i'm doing it i'm going to be doing this particular uh story in terms of this issue any justice in the details because there's a lot of uh there's a lot of politics and and um and kind of uh, who knows what and why and what their agenda is being explained in this. And it's very hard to sort of break it down by uh, without straight up reading any of this. But uh, Susan is trying to uh, protect Joe. Uh, and basically what uh, Joe tells her is, screw you, screw the council. Um, and basically we get Joe finally figuring out whatever what has happened. She said, um, you're not going to let this person get away with murdering Sven of the Glacier or Miel Thorne because you know that this was the motive for their deaths. Right. The dealers gave her money, then hooked her on switch off and sucked memes out of her to pay back the debt. She escaped. They were afraid she would rat them out. So they found her and hired those at atts to make an exception of her. CEPD usually execute Ketopoli when they go predatory. They wanted uh, Steven's death to seem like just a random act of violence and her death to look like suicide by cop. This time though, you brought her in alive. So they silenced her. You aren't going to let them get away with it. Instead. You're going to make a public statement about busting that warehouse. You're going to tell everyone what went on. And she kind of, she lights up and they both, uh, she says i or joe asks says and uh i need to speak of marth to martha the sea the council member uh she agrees but only if joe stays she'll call marth in marth comes in joe says uh, you know that sweatshop was yours he's like yep uh, you're the source of the epidemic yep um the rest of the funds have been funneled off world and he says, very good you've been quite thorough she's like well what the hell um Man this one's really hard to to recap without just straight up reading what is being said. Um so the powers that be will, in this city will never allow the exploit to be discarded. Our fortunes are tied to the status quo, but a society cannot be forced to order Joe. Against its collective will, we must uh, we must grow, change. As appealing as fascism is to the fearful, it isn't sustainable. I didn't know the residents of that particular sweatshop were being kept against their will until Savannah the Glacier's murder. I sent you there hoping you would shut it down. Thank you for doing so, but I have other facilities like it. With voluntary residents, I needed the money. Revolutions aren't cheap. We pushed for a lantern to come here, but some additional contingency was necessary. That's when Sven comes in, says you're under arrest for trafficking conspiracy conspiracy to commit murder. Your confession has been recorded. I, I apologies. You have to deal with this uh, amid a referendum meltdown. She's like a meltdown, and then all of a sudden, Canhas comes on saying. The council ordered uh, the shutdown of half of the referendum servers. E-votes aren't being registered. They are waiting li- they're line. They are waiting lines down the block. And my people, we need those servers, Joe. Not all of us can afford to materialize and vote in person. Uh, so the new ketopoly councilor, who is in Glory's pocket, is making their move. Uh, and just says it's like, uh, "What move?" Um, and then suddenly. Um, our fleet is outside. Uh, what is this? This piece, and this is a coup. The city enduring has just become a dictatorship, and we are now enemies of the state.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: This is one of those issues that, I mean, it was good. It continued the story. It actually really gave us a lot of information and kind of like finally gave us, you know, kind of for the most part, the solution to the first issue's mystery. Um, you know who killed and what the what everything is this 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 is the info dump issue that kind of brings everything to a head and reveals everything for the most part to us the problem with this is because far sector releases so slowly this issue doesn't feel as exciting or as re- revelatory and Don't get me wrong. The art is still consistent. I'm still glad we're getting all this information. uh, A, B, C, D like, still, Far Sector, thumbs up. But when this all hits in a trade, this issue is going to read so much better because you're just going to be able to read it back to back to back with everything. It's just by itself with a timetable in between issues that we currently have with Far Sector, this almost feels underwhelming or not as satisfying as some of the other issues were that's that's
1: interesting i mean i overall i really like this issue now this issue did once again sort of walking that sjw line um at certain points um and and if i can and let's put it this way if i can read when i'm reading the book if that's what i'm thinking as opposed to or or it almost simultaneously as i'm reading it in the context of the story i'm thinking oh this is the not so subtle real reason for first or what's behind this then i think that's you know, some people don't obviously give a give a crap but for me that takes me out of the story so that's the only really th- that's the thing i didn't like about this especially when it, and that was specifically related to that you know to the to, to the servers and the e-votes and all that that's to me that just reeked of that and that and that took that kind of took me out but for the story i like the issue maybe because i've been binge watching all the saw movies i kind of liked how the last the last few pages of this issue was like the like the last five minutes of pretty much every Saw movie when you get the info dump and and you have the you're lifting of the veil and you see how all the how all the dots connect and the stuff that you didn't see before that makes it that made it make everything play out the way it did. I like this. I like the art. I like the fact that you do see a little bit, which obviously goes hand in hand with. Probably not like, well, I mean, probably on purpose because of the how she's being portrayed in future state the idea of her detective abilities and her ability to put the two and two together that she figured out a lot. She didn't figure out everything, but she did figure out a lot, but yet there was much more to what was going on than, than she even realized. And I did like the pers I did like the personal relationship aspects of all of what was going on here, that her, the, all the relationships that she'd built through the previous nine issues that you kind of see them coming into play, you know, when she's after she's been apprehended and, and when even before Marth shows up, and even, but yeah, so I, I did like this issue. I I do I do think you're right that probably at the very least this will be play better and be more impactful when you get to read nine right next to it and roll right into the next issue in the trade, than waiting every other month to get this since that's part of the issue with this now this book, it's not monthly anymore. So I I that's. So I see your points and I do, but I did like this issue. I liked it actually better probably than some of the more recent issues that I have not liked as much, but I did, I did like this issue, this issue because of lifting of so much of the veil anyway, about what's going on. And now it's more a matter of seeing how getting a few more pieces of the puzzle that we don't have and also getting to see how, how it all resolves itself.
0: Yeah. some you know, and sometimes in reading this, I almost feel like I need to, uh kind of uh what is it a glossary uh the table of contents sort of a thing to just give me the names of all the things and uh remind me of who is who and 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 all that because yeah i get I that i get that i get that
1: too that's one of my bigger if there's an ongoing credit and i said that in the beginning when we first started talking about this book it's the fact that with the, with the names and 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 this that and the it, it becomes for me it becomes diff, it be, difficult at times to separate which character is which so i can understand that
0: i think also the name switch off bothers me because the emotion exploit is supposed to be that thing which turns off the, your emotions right so yeah. naming switch off the thing that turns on your emotions can confuses me
1: i can understand that that makes that makes perfect sense
0: I mean, I guess the reality is they're switching off the emotion exploits. Right. But I, yeah. I, you know, when when you say when you say the point of the 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 emotion exploit is turning off emotions and switch off turns them back on, that just confuses me sometimes. I mean, I, we're ten issues in. I should really you know comprehend that a little better, but uh, still, uh, no, I you know, I, it, it, when it comes to the far sector, it's so hard for me to say to to really you know go on ad nauseum about it. It's just. Man, Jamal Campbell, he uh, he's been freaking killing the art, man. I don't I don't know what else I can really say about it. Um, other like in terms of pointing out something specific, because I I just I can't. He, he's doing a fantastic and extremely consistent job with this. This thing is going to look flawless when it is all said and done, and everything is put back together in a in a a trade paperback and you're going to page from issue to issue to issue to issue it's just going to look so smooth um and uh i i I mean i just i can't really i can't wait until um i can't wait till we till we see that as a matter of fact um well actually no i'll I'll get to that in a minute um but yeah it just it just it just looks smooth because you know So on on Twitter, you know, usually one of the things I do is, um, you know, I, I, I have for those of you listening along at home, I have a digital subscription to previews. And whenever I read previews, I go through every single page and I screenshot everything I'm getting, even if it's like the fourth or fifth issue of a series I'm already pulling. I don't just do number ones. I do everything I'm picking up. Uh, one, it's a way for me to keep track of what I'm buying every month. Two, it's a way to just make sure, am I still interested in this title? Uh, but the main reason I do it is to then post those screenshots over on Twitter and like tag the creative teams and be like, hey, you know, uh, shout out to so and so and so and so. I moved all of that. It used to take place either on the LanternCast Twitter or on my personal. I moved all of that over to the Creative Credit uh, uh, Twitter account uh, because. You know, if I'm tagging creators, especially on books I'm reading, those are the most likely the creators I'm, I'm going to want to interview anyways, because I'm already reading their shit. Right. So it just made more sense. Right. Uh, well, in going through previews, all of that to say, you know, uh, the solicit for Eleven came out and it looks, you know, absolutely fantastic. But also like um, he uh, Jamal Campbell is doing like this variant for um, for Nightwing number 97 which is um uh the second issue i believe of tom taylor's new run on nightwing and holy shit man like it, like i'm i know that variants have become the thing that people are chasing now but i i just i can't help but dude the the the, the sheer amount of talent that jamal campbell has is is incredible i i here mark let me, let me give you this link here to, so you can see this this very this nightwing variant cover like i'm not the kind of person who puts posters on the wall anymore and i'm not even a nightwing guy for the most part but holy crap <laughs> it's just uh it's extremely good and i just i i love the hell out of it every time every time we read far sector um and it's like at, at least between the Green Lantern season ones and two, we have this incredible, very, um, you know, multifaceted, multi-talented artist in Liam Sharp. And then Jamal Campbell just does a great job. And it's and, and not just that, we have to consider Jamal Campbell's the colorist too. So the colors that I like are also Jamal. He is doing a fantastic job.
1: That is a nice cover. I can see why you like that cover.
0: It's just you, you guys have to check it out. Um, Again, it's, uh, it's, I believe I I said 79, right? Issue 79. Um, yeah. 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 So you you guys got to check it out. If you can find it online, the, the Jamal Campbell variant cover for Nightwing number 79, it's like a fishbowl bird's eye view of Nightwing just above either Bloodhaven or Gotham or wherever this, this Tom Taylor story is taking place. And it's just, man, it's so cool looking. Uh, but yeah, I, and and Jemison's story is, you know, I talk a bit about the how I feel like it's hard to follow the names and and the situation and who's what and where we're at in the story and things like that. None of that is uh, James Jemison's fault because, like, the the main thing here for me is just the time it takes between issues because you know by the especially with almost two months or so between issues it's it's just so hard to remember where we are let alone the details of where we are um so it, it can it can be confusing and especially i mean hell like i mentioned the, th- the thread of stuff that i'll be picking up based on what i see in previews if you just go look at that thread uh you can tell pretty easily that you know i'm reading a lot of shit uh so to have this much time between issues it's it's hard enough to just figure out what the hell happened in the last issue with a regular release schedule
1: no it no it, it makes perfect sense that uh it definitely can derail mo- not just the mo- momentum but your ability to retain information when you're not i mean hell some even if even if you're reading it monthly, like like you said, if you're reading a lot of other things, it, it still would be difficult potentially to keep everything straight. But when you when it's every other month, and that makes it that makes it much harder. So I I think I think that's a perfectly understandable reason why. And and for me for me it's just and maybe that's part of it with me too. But I think because of the you know because of the, the lengthy extravagant elaborate names that they have excuse me they had but some of these characters to start with that that would that i think threw me off a little i mean i i appreciated the creativity of it but it threw me off a little and then they have all these all the supporting characters and you got to make sure you you're not confusing this with the computer you know with the digital chick and yeah so i i can i can understand that but just yeah and this came out what last week i think so
0: yeah. So, uh, you know, in, in talking about that thread I posted on the Creative Credit Twitter, one of the things I said I was getting uh, in this I screenshot was the solicit for Far Sector 11. Guys, this, the, Far Sector 11 is on sale April 6th. That's my birthday. But um, it, it is on sale April 6th. Right now, as we record this, it's February 9th. That's how long it's gonna take us to to get the next issue of our sector, and imagine all the shit you're gonna read in between. Uh, just as an example, one of the huge events out right now, King and Black, King and Black from Marvel. I'm reading King and Black, and there's a I'm talking all of King and Black. If it's got a King and Black title logo on it, I'm reading it. Imagine how much fucking King and Black just. Forgetting all the indie stuff and other DC stuff I'm reading, imagine how much King and Black and other shit I'm gonna consume between this issue and Far Sector Eleven.
1: <laughs> like, holy, holy shit! Uh, like, I, uh, but whose fault is that, Chad? <laughs> how dare I support?
0: How dare I support other titles and creative teams? Uh, but anyways, just because we're on it, might as well. Um, uh, the solicit text for Far Sector Eleven. Uh, Everything is coming to a boil as we lay the groundwork for the Far Sector finale in this, our penultimate issue. Riots are breaking out across the city, enduring as citizens realize that there are political shenanigans disrupting their way of life and subverting the will of the people to quell this unrest at blaze of glory is threatening to unleash a terrible weapon upon her own people. Joe has to race against the ticking clock of a green lantern ring that is rapidly losing power to bypass the city's entire defense forces and stop this attack from above.
1: Interesting.
0: So yeah, I guess, I guess that leads, I guess to the final thing we should probably discuss is what is actually happening with Joe's ring in this issue.
1: Oh, the way she doesn't use it that much. You mean, among other things
0: the way she flares up and then sparks out essentially because she flares up on page i don't know what seven or whatever when the guy says oh hey rookie everything okay and she like throws a big baseball and all this kind of stuff but uh, there's smoke and then uh, i guess the ring says something about power out or something like that um yeah and then uh that's the last time we see it and she's in back in her undercover clothing gear as a as, as one of the guards. And then she flares up again when she kind of stands up to, to Sizen. And what's interesting about that. So like on that page, you can see her in full uniform, right? Right. On the page, it says crack the very next panel. You're going to have to make a choice soon. Notice it's disappearing off of her again. True. So she's, she's like, she's using what little she charge she has as she gets it back. It looks like,
1: or she's just, or she knows she's draining it so much faster than she can replenish it, that she's being extremely careful about how much she uses in general. That doesn't explain the earlier part, because obviously if you would assume that if her ring hadn't crapped out, then she wouldn't have been apprehended. Correct.
0: Yeah. So it's, it'd be interesting to see how she's going to take on a fleet. Um, you know, uh, with everything that's going on, the cover image for number 11 shows her holding a, a construct mo- uh, Molotov cocktail. Um, but I don't I don't know.
1: What was she down to eight percent
0: last time we they told us? Uh, I don't know. But I mean, we also never really figured out the exact rate of recharge and what the recharge depends on. Is it just time or is it other factors?
1: Yeah, we just know it's slow. It takes time. but we don't know if there there are x factors that can that can speed it up yeah yeah um
0: i think i mean that's really i think all i have for it i I, again it's it sucks to sort of give far sector um you know less time than i want to given how much i actually like the book but i'm uh, nothing in here really shocked me I'm I just i continue to be as impressed as I usually am
1: and for me this was one of the, again this was this was one of my favorite issues of of the series i certain i don't know where I'd rank it I know it's in the top half of the issues in this in this series so far so i was i i did enjoy it i i maybe it surprised me a little bit more because i my enthusiasm for the book had been has been a little less. Over the last few months worth of issues, than than it was when it started. But I've either way, I I did enjoy it. I'm looking forward to the resolution of it, and certainly I'm looking forward to us doing far sector 11 and 12 a lot more than I'm looking forward to 10, 11, and 12 of the Green Lantern. <laughs> we still that we'll have to do at one point.
0: Yeah, uh, the thing I was going to mention uh, last, uh, I wanted to save it to uh, as we were. Wrapping up our talk on far sector on February 11th, DC comics posted an image that of uh, Joe uh, for black history month. And it said uh, the image says honor the past, embrace the future. And um, I I responded to it as the lantern cast saying far sector is absolutely the best of the two green lantern focused titles. It's releasing very slowly, but it's still a joy to read. And DC comics actually replied and said, it's so good. What have you liked most about it so far? So, uh i it's i mean it's it's clearly just you know marketing and all that shit that uh other you know that most uh companies on Twitter and other social media do but it was kind of interesting to get a reply on Twitter from d c comics
1: themselves no absolutely <sighs> all right uh so speaking of feedback, yes, let's delve into our exciting contest inspired feedback <laughs> 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 all right I'll do the first one yeah go ahead all right so this is from mark uh he says i'm i'm now following LanternCast on twitter thank you great episode i appreciate the great appreciated the great insight regarding references from future state to other series i hope jessica cruz is a future feature say that eight times quick for a green lantern series i think her story is compelling i would suspect that at some point jessica's gonna get a solo book i would i I, and if she's not gonna get a solo book i would suspect she'll again it'll be a another team of another partnership book they'll they'll stick her with somebody who's actually fun to read besides jessica (laughs) Mm -hmm. whether it's kyle whether it's guy you know uh i don't know if i don't know if i'd see her with john as being a particularly fun team but i would say that the odds are I think a lot of it does depend on what the future of Green Lantern is if we continue just to have one damn book then it's kind of hard to know where they're going to go they could just be throwing darts against the wall and see what sticks about you know which Green Lantern to do next if the John Stewart thing doesn't post future state Green Lantern book doesn't do particularly well who knows what they're going to do but if we ever get to the point where we're having more than one book again the odds I think are pretty strong that you know Jessica's gained a lot of popularity she's gained a lot of momentum and a, and a greater profile And I think she's won a lot of people over, even if even if part of that in the beginning was because by proxy, because of being compared and partnered up with Simon, who most people don't really like. (laughs) But I think Jessica is very likable on her own. And and there is a lot of depth to Jessica. She is interesting.
0: Yeah, I think it's safe to say she won us over, too.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, yeah, I mean, I, I can see there being a Jessica solo book but i wonder i wonder if it's less likely we'd get that more likely we'd get something akin to justice league odyssey you know just her featured in a book
1: right i mean that is true or even even a even a green lantern core book where she is kind of front and center but not the only star of the book it it could it, they could do something like that but i i surely would be interested in seeing like Seeing her and Kyle, her and Guy, things like that. Uh, of course, of course, you know, a postage stamping Guy would be interesting because it's Guy. <laughs> but, but I, I, I would like to see something. I would definitely. I mean, honestly, I mean, we don't know, we don't know yet what that Green Lantern book is going to be like after Future State and supposedly, you know, Teen Land. Some, some of the pushback. I mean, I think, I think, I Jeffrey Thorne said something to make it sound like. That he's not quite sure why they're pushing Teen Lantern so much in the marketing because she's a part of the book, but not as big a part of the book as they may be making it out to be. Which we don't know if that's true or not, but either part of it, either him saying it or or, or, or them actually marketing something inaccurately because they could just be trying to get, you know, trying to get a vibe to see how people react. But I, I would rather personally, I mean, if they weren't, if it was going to be a non-HAL book right now, I probably would rather see Jessica than a John featured book. Unless it's, again, depending how much how core centric it is, if it's a core centric book with John being the lead character, that's different. If it's more if it's much more like a solo Green Lantern book with John being the only one. Yeah, I probably would be a little more curious to see Jessica right now just to see her character growth, too, to see from where she's been to to uh, where she is now.
0: All right. Ian. Ian says, I uh, don't always watch the show, but I have caught a few episodes here and there. I really enjoy the Morrison and Sharp GL series. And it's interesting to hear from people who don't.
1: Ian, you're ignorant, though. <laughs> 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 well, at least he enjoys hearing from people who don't, which would be us and and a lot of other people. <laughs> not, not not. You know, it's not exclusively negative toward or anti that book, you know, not, I don't mean just with us. I just mean, among Green Lantern fans. I think it is split. I think there probably are more people. If I had to guess that don't like, I haven't liked the direction of that book overall over the last two years, but there have been some good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, just being on Twitter and then being a part of the Green Lantern um, group on Facebook that Myron started for the blog slash podcast of Oa. There are a lot of there are a a great many people who really enjoy that book. And if you guys out there listening really enjoy it that much, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I mean, we're not going to sugarcoat our own feelings about it. I don't think I don't think the reasons we dislike it are invalid, though. It's not like we're just hating on it for no reason.
1: Yeah, I don't. I I think we have I think we have legitimate reasons not to be happy with that book. And it's not even because it's not even necessarily because it's telling a story that we aren't necessarily into or we wouldn't want to see it's it's the way the stories are being told i think that's probably our bigger it's you should not have to you should not have to do as much heavy lifting as, as that book seemingly that book basically makes it a prerequisite that you have to do in order to understand what the references are even if a huge percentage of the references really don't mean much as far as what the entire year year slash season story is telling you but just to understand what's going on in that issue you need like you need like a encyclopedia uh to 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 be able to cross reference things with and that's that's and i get how some people really get into that and i and i and i can appreciate that but for me that's more that's more heavy lifting than i want to do and if the story was really really good and i really enjoyed it then maybe it wouldn't bother me as much but when you combine where they've gone over the last two years along with that aspect of it yeah i think it's still a it's still a negative for me all right zane zane hello chad and mark uh and let's see he basically the first part of his thing is just as you know his twitter handle but his and him so we roll into number two bullet point two so what has listening to the lancer cast done for me <laughs> good question Lately, the podcast has helped me get through the Morrison seasons, that's what. To be fair, I think Liam Shark may be doing the best work of his career in this series. So that's another reason why I've stuck with it. Admittedly, I would buy an absolute edition of both seasons just for Liam's artwork alone. But part of me is going through self-torture just to see what kind of zingers that the two of you can sling at the issues. Or if, and that's a mighty if, you both can tell me what the hell the story is about. This was critical last year as I as I needed some laughter during the thrill ride that was 2020. So keep doing what you're doing, as I'll likely need more Mark Snark and Mad Chad in 2021. But I guess there will be and there will need to be a new target other than Morrison.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, so did you hear the news about uh about the artists on Green Lantern?
1: I did hear something about that about uh, because there's like a temporary switching of the, of the artist, right? Or something like that.
0: Yeah. So I'm trying to pull up Green Lantern Future State number one so I remember the name. Uh, so Tom Rainey is is the uh, the artist that was doing the uh, Jeffrey Thorne, uh, John Stewart story on Green Lantern Future State number one, right? Right. He's supposed to be the series regular artist moving forward. Uh, after i believe issue two of green lantern um uh, starting with issue two or after issue two i'm not entirely sure on that one uh i can check jeff jeffrey thorne i can double check jeffrey thorne's twitter and see what he was um what he had said about it but i might have to scroll a bit but anyways um yeah the the guy that um the guy that did the that was going to do the art, uh, it did a fantastic job. Uh, the guy, oh, what the hell is his name? Someone added us today, and in some conversations about it, uh, da-da-da-da. I'm trying to find it. Uh, what was, what the hell was his name? Uh, Soy. What was his name? Dexter Soy. Yeah, Dexter Soy. Dexter Soy is an incredible artist. Um. And you haven't yet picked up or read any of the uh, any of the uh, comics from today. Right. No, that is
1: just a panel. Oh, I did see that picture. I did see that picture. That's right. Yeah, that,
0: that's that, is, Dexter, that is awesome. That's that's Dexter Soy's work. Look at that shit. Look at it. I was and I hadn't even seen his any, any of his Green Lantern related stuff. And I was looking at some of his other art examples from other stuff he's worked on and i was like oh shit am i going to enjoy if i don't like jeffrey Thorne stuff at least i can play the you know the the green lantern seasons 1 and 2 card of look i may not like the writing but holy shit is it fun to look at with dexter soy and then they said that uh that tom Raney would be returning to as the series regular artist after an issue or two as the first issue or two of the new green lantern series and i was like oh, are you just fucking kidding me like Don't get me wrong. I'm sure Tom Rainey is a talented artist. I'm not an artist by any stretch of the imagination. So like, I, you know, that's neither here nor there. And I said it on the last, uh, when we covered Green Lantern, future state number one, and I'll say it again here. My problems with Tom Rainey's art has nothing to do with his talent or his ability or anything uh, other than the fact that his style isn't a style that particularly is appealing to my eyes which is just follows under the umbrella of art is subjective. You know, if you, if you look at it and it's not appealing to you, that doesn't mean the person who did it isn't talented. Uh, it just means that's not something that appeals to to you personally. And Tom Rainey stuff, at least the stuff we've seen so far has not been appealing to me. Uh, that could change as we go. Maybe it'll grow on me. Maybe it won't. Um, maybe it'll, maybe, maybe it will. Um, but, and when you look at this image of Dexter Soy's Hal Jordan, holy shit, do you wish that he was the series regular
1: artist? Even though we'd never see Hal Jordan, but yes.
0: Uh, I, I, no, yeah, it doesn't. doesn't really freaking matter at this point. It's just like, wow. And and so so when when Zane said uh, that we'll need a new target other than Morrison, that might be a preview as to my target. The fact that we didn't continue to get Dexter Soy, <laughs> just. To, just to, a little brief sneak peek at what might be coming in the future. You never
1: know. <laughs> I, I would suspect that probably just based on the way things go in the world, we probably won't have to dig too hard to find a future target. Even if we wanted to, find, even if we had to, it's like, you know what we're missing? We need a target. If, even if we had to go that route, which we don't, I'm sure the way things play out that we will gravitate towards something we don't like, <laughs> to, at least from a conversational perspective. So don't worry, Zane. It's all in good hands. All right. On to Jesse. Oh, uh, yes. Jesse. All right. We missed you, Jesse. That's
0: right. Uh, he says, I'm way behind on my listening. I'm only caught up uh, through number 388. And then I jumped to 417 for your to take on the <laughs> up to, up, upcoming creative team. And then to 422 to find out the details of the contest. Uh, and then he gets into some stuff I'm not entirely sure if we can share. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume it, not. It, it, uh, it, and, yes. Yes. Some personal stuff. Yeah. Uh, but basically, his situation has changed, so he's able to listen to us. Um, uh, it seems like whenever I try to listen to podcasts, I end up falling asleep. Then I have to start over with the episode, so it takes me twice as long to listen. But enough bitching and moaning. Uh, my thoughts on Green Lantern State right now. The Green Lantern season number two. I'm still at odds with you guys on this one, at least as of last listen back during the Black Stars interlude. I'm really enjoying Grant Morrison's uh, writing and especially Liam Sharp's art. Liam might just be the most talented comic book artist I've ever seen with his ability to vary styles from silver age campiness to sci fi weirdness. Grant's stories are just wacky enough to be enjoyable, but not meta enough to be a confusing mess like they've been known to be in stuff like Final
1: Crisis. We disagree <laughs> on that. Cri- not about Final Crisis. He's right about it. I think we we both would say it certainly is meta enough to be confusing.
0: No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we we both agree too that he has peaks and valleys with his meta ness on the series too. Sometimes it'll be at least somewhat comprehensible, and other times like what the holy hell? Yeah. Uh, So, and but we 100% agree with you on Liam Sharp. Yep. Uh, far sector i'm loving almost everything about this book the writing the art the story even the things it's adding to the gl mythos it did get a little preachy in the issues right after the riot number three and number four i think but it's gotten past that to a socially relevant sci-fi story i'm loving joe mullion as a character and i think she's a good addition to the gl core my only question is still why did she have to be another human she could have had a similar background but been a non-human and still just as interesting a story i don't know i don't know DC has ever truly answered the uh, why so many human lanterns thing I know they've tried to but not never a way that made any
1: sense right and there's other and you could also delve into other reasons why they chose to go the route they did in this particular the concept of the story but did his general uh, critique or question about could they not have gone with an alien lantern and basically got, they could have but by very you know but we know it's going to be more relatable if it's a human character or human or humanoid character yeah especially so. with the social
0: the socially conscious stuff i mean yeah. if you if you try to go the socially conscious route then and you're not using a human you have to use an alien then you have to make an allegory for an allegory right. as opposed to if you're using a how a, a human lantern who can reference stuff that we as readers have experienced real world all we have is just the initial allegory <laughs> yeah um, so, future just state Justice League number one. I enjoyed the story within main Justice League. I'd be intrigued to know more about Joe's background between the end of Far Sector and this story. I hope the new series covers that at some point. Uh, I didn't really care about the Justice League Dark story. Screw you, the Justice League Dark story was awesome, Ragman. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, also, dude, um, I'm not going to go off into this into this huge tangent or anything, but like- speaking speaking to that thread, uh, I uh, of. The stuff in previews that i'm getting freaking uh, uh ram v who is the writer is the writer of the um uh, of of the uh justice league dark story he he is on like six or seven books that have been solicited in this most recent issue of previews he is one of the writers on uh, the uh, the the Carnage Black White and Blood series, uh, issue number two that was solicited. He <laughs> he is also doing a, a a new series over at Boom called The Many Deaths of uh, Layla Starr. <laughs> he is also. <laughs> also doing uh, a a book over at vault called radio apocalypse like I, i'm not even gonna go into listing everything but ram v I, I i said it to some other people uh in the industry and they seem to have agreed with me on this if you guys aren't paying attention to the name ram v the comic creator in 2021 you're crazy because this dude is everywhere at almost every publisher of note and you, you got to pick up what
1: this guy is putting down and jesse gives zero f's chad <laughs>
0: uh, clearly he doesn't care uh but i mean I, I i agree i think i think it was cool how focused that uh justice league uh issue was on uh on Jessica. i mean on on joe
1: yeah i agree
0: all right, he says, future state Green Lantern number one, I really enjoyed the Jessica Cruz and Guy Gardner stories. The John story, John Stewart story was just met and makes me worry about how Jeffrey Thorne is going to do with the new series that's coming up. Does Nort have rabies? How else can you explain this drastic change in personality?
1: Roids. Right. <laughs> he had been shooting up, clearly. <laughs> or or Lorflees has really rubbed off on him. What were they, cousins? <laughs> that was, that was the, supposedly whatever it was. Uh, I think we pretty much agree with his future state assessment.
0: Yeah, 100%. He said, since Teen Lantern is going to show up in the upcoming series, I went back and read the key issues of Young Justice for her origin and her so far with Core. I find her to be annoying, and I find it highly unlikely some random 11-year-old would be able to control a gauntlet that can tap into the central power battery. That's enough for tonight. Keep the light shining through these dark days for <laughs> GL.
1: That's one of Jesse's best emails. He sends us a lot of good emails, but this 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 one was really good.
0: <laughs> um. It's Teen Lantern. I honestly, I honestly, I haven't read um, enough Teen Lantern to make any headway one or the other, one way or the other. Me too. I will say this, Jesse. I think you should probably talk to Dan Kurtzky about it on Twitter, um, or uh, check out his YouTube channel, Mosaic Comics, um, and see what his perspective is on Teen Lantern, uh, because of the people with differing viewpoints than us on lanterns on stuff that's happening with lanterns and why they should care or matter or any of that stuff. Dan is the one I respect enough and, in and, you know, his knowledge and his history and his ability to explain things that if you're going to understand the other side of the argument in terms of people who like stuff GL related that you particularly don't, Dan is a good one to, to pay some attention to.
1: That is true. Dan has a different perspective on it. Um, Dan, I mean, Dan always, regardless of whether he, you, you agree with Dan or don't agree with Dan on certain things, he, 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 he does have a passionate and well thought out position on almost everything. So it's, it's, it is, it is worth listening to Dan's perspective on it, just to, regardless of what, what the topic is. So, yeah, I, I would agree that if it would, it go listen, Jesse, and see if he can sway you over to the Teen Lantern side. <laughs> And then again, let's see what what we get in how much and what we get of her in the Green Lantern series, because maybe if you go in with a, it's like, you know what, I may have misjudged her. And then she comes off as the a-hole in the first two issues. It's like, no, I didn't misjudge her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Screw her. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Rust Belt time. (laughs) Rust Belt kid. The Rust Belt kid. Uh, he says he's followed Twitter for a while and the podcast for some time now. I love that you guys are very authentic on the podcast and that you don't try and force anything you were just talking about. You just are talking about the things you love, which are Green Lantern and other comic stuff. We appreciate that. We try. We, we don't want to force things one way or the other, and we also want to do topics that we enjoy, which sometimes means if it's not going to be a Green Lantern-related issue, an episode, uh, which... These days it happens fairly often, but it's whatever gets you through the night sometimes.
0: All right, Laurel, I uh, I heard about your contest, and well, I'd love to get a free Alan Scott pop, guys. That's not the only <laughs> that's not the only prize. Um, uh, in in the in the bundle, he, she says I've already won a Green Lantern Rebirth action figure set from you, so no need to re-enter uh, me in this one. Uh it just seemed you needed some cheerful mail to know you do have listeners who are paying attention. I definitely use you to keep up with current Green Lantern comics and news as well as your movie preview episode. I enjoyed the first episode this first episode covering Future State books too. I'm sorry I can't deliver on the 150 plus Twitter fo- Twitter, Twitter follows for you, but I'll retweet you when I can.
1: Thank you. Another Laura. very nice email. Laura Laurel is another one who always comes through. <laughs>
0: hundred percent.
1: And she's still Thank entered in it. the contest, so you can't yeah. you can't escape it.
0: <laughs> Doesn't mean you win. That's right. It's not it, rigged in but your
1: you're favor. In. You're mm-hmm. in. But you're in. Uh all right. So Russell. Uh I've been a Green Lantern fan since January eighty one. Good for you, Russell. Two years ago I purchased Green Lantern number one, so I own a complete run. This is right up Chad this whole email is up Chad's alley. <laughs> I purchased Green Lantern 1, so I own a complete run of all monthly Green Lantern series from 1960 to present day. He spends he must spend a lot of time on eBay like you, Jack. <laughs> I originally bought my comics from local drugstores, and the cover of 138 Second Series caught my attention. I purchased it, and I was and was hooked. On Twitter, I'm currently involved in a project to highlight Green Lantern books on, on their sale date. It has been enjoyable, and I have one month complete. Only 11. More to go. I have been able to, I haven't been willing to listen to podcasts. I prefer live radio or music for my library. However, I'm giving them a shot. Your podcast with the details of this contest will be the first time I listen to yours. That was, that was nice. Yeah, and he attached
0: a picture of some of the Green Lantern comics in his collection, and it's blurry, so he can't really see much of it, but it is the CLZ Comics app, which is what I use to keep track of my collection. I'm not sure, Mark, have you ever used this app?
1: No, I have not, actually. I'm I'm trying to look at the the thumbnail now, or or the, not thumbnail, but the smaller picture.
0: No, it's really cool. I, I I really enjoy it. I paid for it. It was a one-time payment. I can't remember how much I paid for it. It's it's expensive uh, in terms of purchasing an app, but it's been worth it in terms of keeping track of my collection. Yeah. Uh, Russell is doing. He mentions it in his email. He's doing these little images, basically because Green Lantern has been out for so long, and because the publishing schedule for comics uh, has, you know, varied from year to year, and because of the, the way the calendar actually, you know, works essentially if you break it down every single day in the year is the anniversary of the on-sale date for some issue of green lantern or another because just of how the calendar works it's not going to be the same you know in other words the fifth isn't always going to be a sunday right you know one day the fifth is going to fall on a freaking wednesday or something like that so he has been posting these images over on Twitter each day, showing what the uh, what Green Lantern comic came out that day, uh, either you know X number of years ago. And so when he says there's only been a couple, uh, there's there's only there's actually only a couple of those uh, days of the year that don't have anything. Uh, released on them, so he's he's doing a good job with that. It's kind of cool. He's getting some interaction from some of the creative teams because once he posts his little image about it, he he will you know tag the creators if they're on Twitter of the particular issue whose anniversary it is. So uh, it's gotten some traction. It's pretty cool. Uh, he tags us in it every time. So very nice. All right, Raul. Raul. He says, uh, "Is it my turn?
1: Uh, yeah, you just read." You yes. Just, you just yes, I did. There. I just was—I was I was rereading the email literally to myself, so that's what threw me off in my in, my my inability to say, No Chad, this is yours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He says, I'm a newer listener and loving what I'm hearing so far. If you don't mind a little bit of feedback about the contest strategy coming from someone who worked in radio slash TV for 13 years and rad, ran social media contests across multiple stations in multiple cities, states and cities, I highly recommend using all of your social platforms to drive entries. Even if you're trying to raise that Twitter following number and direct people there, use your Instagram to push people to Twitter and your latest episode with the contest rules, too. I just found you guys on Instagram, and I love the little bit I saw there. A huge potential to use that medium too. suggestion maybe share some screenshots of the reviews people are leaving you guys on apple podcasts because it's so positive and be sure to sc- uh, tag everything with whatever hashtag you guys want to establish for the show and be sure to use that hashtag on everything anywho i'm looking forward to deep diving into more of your shows episode 422 is only my second show so far uh cheers guys and good luck on the contest
1: very very helpful Certainly, potentially
0: is, um I will say social media is difficult in terms of gaining traction on it and things like that. Uh, not just that, but it's almost a project in and of itself to post to social media. And I don't mean like, you know, make a Twitter uh, or sorry, make a, make a tweet about an episode. I'm talking, make a tweet about the episode, make sure you include the album art, the link, the relevant hashtag. Okay. Also uh, let's go post to Facebook about it. Okay. Also maybe share to your personal accounts. Okay. Also we have an Instagram. Let's try to post there. Uh, uh, Instagram has stories now. Maybe should we should it in the story, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so it's very difficult to kind of blanket cover all of the, um, all of the platforms when the new episode is released. Uh, And additionally, if you're doing it right in terms of the research, you know, and the, and the stuff that uh, suggestions that I've heard from uh, other people, Technically, probably supposed. It's probably best to post about it at least twice, not just once. Um, you know, if you're gonna post about it, in, you know, midday or early morning, also post about it in the afternoon, evening, uh, things like that. Just make sure that that you're getting as much coverage as possible. And there's also like an app that I've been using and trying to get used to. Um, which is called headliner. And what headliner does is it takes the audio content and puts it over an image and produces a video, uh, a static image video that has a clip uh, of audio playing from your podcast. So basically what I could do is put in the a snippet of audio from one of our episodes and superimpose it quickly over a uh, uh the album art for that particular episode and make sure that the text for the the title of the episode is also in the image and then post that uh that video clip to social media well the problem is you know formatting those videos are in different sizes. Do I want to download the video for uh, in the in the format and dimensions ratio for uh, an Instagram story? Uh, what about an Instagram post? Those are more square rather than rectangle. Okay. What about the way that Twitter interprets video? Those are more of your standard sort of widescreen uh, type uh, uh, video ratios. So like even just using Headliner, there are like four or five different uh, ways i need to download the same video to accomplish the same thing across multiple platforms so it it can be difficult and headliner Headliner's fun to use I mean, it's not exactly as user friendly as i'd like so it, i appreciate basically what i'm saying is i appreciate and actually agree with everything Raul was saying it's just um and i think he would agree if he's got 13 years in the the, the industries he talked about it's almost easier said than done
1: no i very, very good at uh, words of wisdom, and even even if we adopt even part of that, it's certainly worth the effort. For sure. All right, Michael? Michael, I started listening last year during the early days of the pandemic and have since made my way through the entire back catalog. You're a good man, Michael. <laughs> this show has been a great distraction and continues to run strong. And of course, me being me, my reply was, at least if nothing else, we can, we can claim to be a great distraction <laughs> but uh, i've we've very kind words and it's kinda it's i especially because of my intro into green lantern I do like the fact that if he's that he's started listening to us during the pandemic. And then he went backwards to listen and catch ke- and, and, and to kind of catch up. So that, that is impressive that, uh, we caught, we caught his fancy enough where he would go back and listen to, uh, of course that could mean that he, he disliked us that much. that so he had to go listen to Jim and Dan, but <laughs> 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 well, we will choose not to look at it that way. <laughs> Man.
0: Yeah. Uh, Michael, let us know how that, that back catalog, went did you when you say back catalog you mean every episode or do you just mean the stuff with me and Mark like because at this point Mark and I have been doing it longer than Jim and Dan were but like I mean either either way
1: it's impressive <laughs> oh yes yeah have you have you went back to like the 169 170 plateau when we when they were leaving and we were coming in even if you just went back there but yes if you went back and basically went all the way back to the beginning to catch up too, that that's yeah, that's appreciated and that's very very impressive
0: yes thank you very much all right chris oh man of course i'd get this one uh chris chris says i started listening when last year i searched for hard traveling heroes i listened to all those episodes with interest i noticed that not every issue is featured i'd like to see these added
1: <laughs> get off your ass pokalman <laughs> hashtag i get off your ass pokalman oh
0: man uh so i think next up i have to do green lantern number 87 which is the first appearance of john stewart which would be apropos uh to do it in 2021 given that john stewart will be the feature in a in a hopefully a movie at some point as well as uh the series regular uh, in terms of the, co- the comic book going forward so that would leave so that's 87 uh 88 is uh is a reprint issue so that doesn't really count um and then 89 is the the i call it the crucifixion issue uh for those of you playing along at home this is the cover of green lantern green arrow where that guy who looks like that hippie guy who looks like a modern jesus is looks like he's being crucified but on the wing of a jet mark do you know what i'm talking about that i, I memory?
1: think so i think i, I think yeah. i know that image
0: that uh, 89 is the final issue of denny o'neill and neil adams run um Uh, The idea with hard traveling heroes is to go beyond that. But, you know, at the very least, I want to make sure that I cover the actual historic run, because if we're being completely honest, the stuff post Denny O'Neill or post Neil Adams uh, doesn't really count. As a matter of fact, after 89, the book gets canceled for X number of years and uh, number ninety, uh, which has the Mike Grell stuff, which is more spacey, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, cosmic kind of goofy stuff, uh, is actually years. There's years between the two issues. Um,
1: so it's so it's coming.
0: Yeah, You're it's working. coming. I mean, basically, uh, if we're being honest, I I I only have two episodes to finish it out. So the the thing is, and I you know what? I have no problem saying this on air because it, it's it's true, and I don't think anybody would begrudge me saying this. With the Green Lantern Green Arrow stuff, uh, I was trying to highlight the importance of this series in multiple facets. In in the importance of the series as it relates to Green Lantern, the importance of the series as it relates to DC Comics, the importance of the series as it relates to, as it relates to comics, a la the comic code of authority and things like that but also highlight the social issues being talked about in each one and kind of the historical context of those things at the time at which that comic book was published um i'm not a historian by any stretch of the imagination but i I try to do my best with those with john stewart's first appearance in number 87 personally i feel and i don't know what the word would be so i'm just going to say i feel not qualified to talk about how important the character of john stewart is you know i don't yes. i don't uh, you know i and I, I, it, 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 it is what it is I'm a, I'm a white guy like i can't as as much as i can understand the historical impact and i can pull all that i can't speak from any place of understanding on what what the true feeling the meaning the depth uh, that you, you know, the, that thing that you feel inside of you to have that representation. I don't have that in me and I don't really feel qualified to speak with any, at any length on it. So I want to have someone on the show when I cover that issue who can speak from a place that that sounds more authentic and real and really drives that point home. I want to do that justice because the character of Jon Stewart, uh, has, uh, not only has but is that for a lot of people, um, and and that representation matter. I mean, like John Stewart was one of the first black superheroes to not have the title Black in his name. You know, you got Black Condor and Black Lightning and all those other things. Like he was just Green Lantern, and that also had meaning. So like I can say that all I want, but as much as I say it has meaning, it has no meaning to me personally in terms of representation so i just want to make sure i'm being authentic in that that's why 87 87's
1: coverage has taken a while understandable all right what's next all right the last one i believe okay Uh, thomas i wish i had something profound or an inspiring backstory as a listener but i've been listening since the pandemic started and i love what you're doing so it's a nice simple but says it wrap up for the tonight so that's perfect. We appreciate that
0: 100 percent and everybody who wrote in thank you so much. I know that you're a lot of y'all did it for the contest and things like that. but seriously when Mark and I asked for feedback, this is this is every single one of these that we enjoyed even even the small ones where you guys say uh, it doesn't really it wasn't profound or inspiring like what, like what Thomas just said, it doesn't matter. it is so helpful for us to know that we're not just speaking into the void seriously. And so many of these people who said they started listening since the pandemic. Like, I know I'm the one who's active over on the Twitter and stuff like that, but like, you know, it's so easy for those to get lost in the void. So having you guys like just send us an email or send us a voicemail is just, it's so it's so cool to know like, oh shit, like so many like, a, uh, would you say like over half of these people say they started listening uh, after probably, the pandemic yeah. started? Yeah, yeah it's like, probably
1: close to at least 50% people at least specifically mentioned that.
0: Yeah, so like you know, these are people we've never really spoken with before. Like, holy crap! It's like not only do we still have listeners, we got new ones. Really? <laughs> How'd you find us? So like, <laughs> was it a tweet that we sent out? Did you did you just search on it? Like, I'm so curious. What worked? Um. So like, and, and not just that, but. Uh, so Mark, Ian, Zane, Jesse, Rust Belt Kid, Laurel, Russell, Raúl, Michael, Chris, Thomas. Thank you so much. I know you just you you submitted these for the in for the contest entry, but thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. And and yes, your 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 entries have been noted. Uh, we are not deleting these emails. We're gonna keep keep track of them so that we can you know do do the contest. But Thank you so much for for writing in and letting us know all that information. Every single one of you else said something as opposed to just sending us uh, an email saying what your Twitter handle was. Uh, not a single one of the people who who have emailed us so far did that. And that is not to say that anybody out there you know will be mad at you if, if you do bare minimum. Like it, it, at the very least, what it shows, hey, they listened to an episode 422. They know what the rules are. They listen. That's that that in and of itself means something. But 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 all these people who wrote in and all those who will write in continue to talk up the show over on Twitter and retweet and do whatever you can to get other people who follow you guys on the platform to follow us. Because the contest doesn't end until that follower count on our profile hits one thousand. So the only way it's going to get there sooner rather than later is exposure, exposure, exposure. So thank you guys so much for submitting that stuff and uh your entries have been noted
1: yes absolutely we really appreciate it we got a very happy with the response we've gotten so far and like chad pointed out the kind the kind words are always nice because the especially the way things have gone for in the world. And even for Chad and I and just doing the show, even like the last year or a half, certainly the last eight months or so it's, it's hard doing this sometimes because if you just, because you, because you, you don't know how many people are really listening though. I'm sure that from a metrics, per, 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 a metric perspective, I'm sure we have some idea uh, in certain places, but the reality is it does sometimes feel, or it can always sometimes feel like you're speaking into the void. And that does kind of, that makes it hard to like uh, pick yourself up and come out for another round sometimes hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Um, you know,
0: one of the concerns I've had is that we're just like, we're so negative about not, uh, not everything or it's just like the main GL title, the green lantern season two is so divisive. And the, the fandom is so split in terms of whether they like that or not. And it's, I have heard of a complaint, you know, look, and, and I don't mean to keep bringing this up, but it is relevant. One of the green lantern podcasts that exists out there, and I won't name them by name because I, we don't need to do that. When people started listening to us over them, the people that did do that, who preferred us over them said that they left that other, stop listening to that other show because of how negative that other show was towards the Jeff John stuff. And it was just a, a hate podcast the whole time. And you know, it, it, that's their opinion. If they didn't like it, they didn't like it. You know, the same way if we don't like the the, the Grant Morrison stuff, uh, the, the, then that's our opinion. But I always worry that even though we're being authentic and honest and things like that, are we doing some of the same stuff? Oh, they, these people hate this story. We're just going to stop listening to them. Like, I don't want to be so negative that we drive people away. But at the same time, you want to strive for authenticity and and speak in your mind, and we're not going to kiss ass just because we want like Grant Morrison or somebody to come on the show or, or whatever. Um, that's not why we do this. So, you know, authenticity trumps you know uh trying to be positive all the time. But you you I do sometimes worry about that. So to have these people write in, and even the people who say that they do like. Uh, the Grant Morrison stuff who say they still enjoy listening to us. That's really, that's, I mean, just hearing you guys from the, from you guys in the first place, let us know we're not speaking into the ether. Cause this podcast has been going for 12 plus years. Like when you don't hear anything from anybody, it's like, have we come full circle to like, you know, a new podcast nobody's heard of. Then you get a ramp up and you know, you get more and more listeners. You build a community, you build a community. And then now we're just so old. <laughs> We've been around so long that it's just, You know, nobody talks to us, but it's just like, oh, they're always going to be here. So who cares? (laughs) Have we come full circle? (laughs) So like, it's so cool to hear back from you guys and know that even if you disagree with us about the stuff that we don't like and that you do,
1: you still enjoy listening. Yes, I think. And I think the one thing I we I like to think that we do is that besides being genuine, the fact is even the stuff that we don't like, there's usually something positive that we can pull from it. I mean, even moving moving beyond the let's say the easy route, if you will, for the during the Morrison run to talk about Sharp's art. But let's move. Let's take the art off the table. That there still have been some interesting or cool issues of the Grant Morrison run, even if those will happen to be, in our opinion, far and few between. <laughs> As you mentioned, there are a few issues tonally that are like more, as I always kid around, it's like Morrison dialed down to five instead of 11, that it's a relatively, relatively easily comprehensible story. And you understand what's going on and you understand what happens and you don't need to go back into your silver age encyclopedia to figure out what he's talking about. If you do, it's beneficial. But if, if you know, if, if you could get the reference, it helps, but it's not critical. Even this season as we point that that's that's quote unquote specter issue to me still is still the best issue so far of this entire two-year run because not just because it was reminiscent of something that i'm i have fond memories of because at the time it was the closest thing to getting a new hal jordan book that we were ever likely to see but because it it's one of the few times that i mean john's obviously did it you know with the, with the relationship between specter and parallax but there haven't been that many times since hal stopped being the specter that that time was actually referenced as having happened. And Hal actually having remembered it and everything else other than when it's tied into a direct confrontation between his time as Parallax and the Spectre and what happened in Rebirth and yada yada. But the fact that not only do you have ties to that in the acknowledgement that, you know, that, you know, the appearance of Hal on that issue was directly tied to his time as the Spectre. But also the fact that they reference the emotional spectrum, which has been a kind of a dirty word for a while in a lot of places, too. So I there there have been things that even in an overall unhappy are unsatisfying run that we could pick out. Even, you know, even we go, we look at Green Lanterns or something. Green Lanterns had a, some story arcs were good. Some story arcs were bad. But, the, you know, but it's not like, oh, it's like, oh, Green Lanterns, throw it across the room. We, we hate it. We hate it. So I think we don't take that approach. That, oh, my God, it's, it's Grant Morrison. We know we're going to hate it. Like you were mentioning that some people are like that about anything in the world but yes some people are definitely like that with Jeff Johns that oh they just got to run down Jeff Johns even if they're just partially unhappy that Green Lantern was so successful under this guy that they don't like or or they just don't get why people like this run either way it's it's not like so I think we're good at, we don't we may have reservations about things going in based on our, our previous experiences but we're not going to just prejudge and say oh we're, we're going to hate this we're going to hate this we're not, there's no point we're not going to like it write up the negative review now and just you know basically play mad libs and just change a few words so i think we're good at not doing that i think we try to judge the material by its by itself and and but different things appeal to different people clearly
0: it's interesting you brought up the specter thing i forgot to tell you i finally completed my run
1: of the Hal jordan specter series oh, all 27 mag- magnificent issues
0: yeah for some reason i couldn't fucking find issue 18 which one was 18
1: uh, that's not the that's not the ab and sir issue is it the rebirth issue how, how appropriately named if it is i know that's a, what's because i know that's the issue jim and i are up to next i just don't i'm just trying to remember if if that was 17 or 18 because i don't remember i'll find it in a second i don't remember what the numbers were in that uh, the specter in space that three-parter i don't know if yeah it was rebirth it's yes. yeah that, which is which is a very interesting i'm sure i'm sure jim will hate this issue when we when we do the review next but it was interesting based on i mean i didn't have long term ramifications since since that series only went on for you know like another 9 issues but obviously based on the initial dynamics set up with uh the uh what the legends of the dcu first appearance of howls the specter after his little cameos in justice league and and green lantern about abin Sur being his part his guide basically his partner in crime that definitely changed the whole course of the series where they went in that issue that's interesting That that that, you just had hard hard time tracking that one down yeah i
0: could find the specter uh easily in back issue bins or dollar bins at like half price books or things like that but for some reason i never came across 18 i don't know why
1: yeah it is it is interesting it it I think, I mean, I'll do the review on that anyway, but I think I, that's one of the issues that stands out for me, not partially like for the reasons I alluded to that it changed the dynamic. But it is an interesting... But again, that book is so spiritual and meta, to begin with, that metaphysical, that it makes sense that you would have, you would deal with some kind of you know resurrection or, or a re- reincarnation, I should say, more reincarnation as a concept, which probably, to be fair, was dealt with in that book in different ways. And I know it was actually dealt dealt with in that book in many ways before so it was kind of appropriate yeah speaking of uh just one quick
0: thing guys uh because uh mark and i are recording this on february 9th um so Uh, tomorrow, I mean, well, today and tomorrow, given how DC has the new release schedule, there's a lot of comics coming out. Uh, Just looking at the stuff I'm supposed to be getting this week, five of them are King of Black tie-ins, but anyways, uh, you don't need my entire pull list for this week. What you guys need to know is that to this week, Future State Justice League number two, Future State Green Lantern number two, and the Green Lantern season two number 11 all came out today slash this week. Uh, in addition to that, if you didn't know, the DC Comics Valentine's issue, DC Love is a Battlefield number one, is also out today. Why is that relevant, you ask? Well, there is a Jon Stewart and Fatality story in there. So if you are out there looking for Green Lantern content to purchase this week, you have Justice League number two from Future State, which is uh, Joe Mullen as uh, the lantern for that Justice League. Green Lantern, Future State, number two, Uh, the penultimate issue of Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp's run on Green Lantern with number 11, and then the DC Love is a Battlefield anthology.
1: Nice. I guess I'll have to try to get my books this week, since I didn't get them last week either, especially since there's so much stuff coming out. I want to make sure that I get them on time. So soon enough, even though we may, I I guess we're going to wait till we get Generations Forged. Is that what we decided? we are going to wait for Generations Forge before we do Green Lantern 2 and Justice League 2. So, but, yeah, good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm getting 13 issues this week. <laughs> oh, Chad.
0: Yep. That's, uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. That's it's a, it's a lot of stuff. Oh, by the way, uh, my freaking uh, Legends figure, the Firestar Legends figure that I pre-ordered from uh, Entertainment Earth shipped. Nice. So. Anyways, uh, if people want to reach out to us uh, with the contest rules, by the way, guys, I'm never, ever, ever. Well, you know, I have never say never. Maybe I'll do it uh, if, if things slow down. But for the most part, for now, I'm not planning on mentioning the Twitter contest rules on any episode other than episode 422. So if you want to know the full details of that. Go ahead and listen to episode 422. It's towards the beginning of the episodes. You don't even have to listen that long. It's not that much of a chore. Come on, do it. Uh, but if you want to reach out to
1: us, either via Twitter or to email in like these good people did, how do they do so, Mark? Lanterncast at gmail.com. The website is lanterncast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Use hashtag glcast to track us down there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, whichever platform you listen to us on. Of those, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or even a text, 708 Lantern is the number. And let us know what you think.
0: Do we know what next episode is? No, we don't. Don't think it matters. Yeah. Uh, All right, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.